Welcome to the One Player Podcast, the show on solitaire board games. I'm your host, Albert, and this is episode 174. Albert, let's take off. Quickly! To far-off adventures all across the world. Hello, Julius. Welcome back. How are you doing? I'm doing quite well, Albert, and you? Uh, I'm doing great. Thank you very much. I figured we needed to go ahead and record something timely for uh, our various recordings during these troubling times i figured we had to talk about pandemic at least once oh i thought you're gonna talk about the supreme court for a second okay pandemic is a better idea <laughs> well when i get lawyer up that when i get the game lawyer up we could talk about the supreme court don't don't even get me started about all the politics going on surrounding the supreme court i don't even want to begin oh gosh yeah no no let's let's just not even go there oh man so pandemic rapid response. Yes, it's a new pandemic. Well, it's not a new pandemic. It's a it's a pandemic game, part of the pandemic universe. It's one of the newer pandemics. Mm-hmm. I can't even say that it's the newest pandemic. As we recently discussed, there is even in fact a newer pandemic. That's right. But this one is different. This one is very it is the different. differentest. This is definitely mm-hmm. the differentest because unlike all the other pandemics, this one is a real time is a real time game. You have an actual clock that you're having to move and beat. It is full of tension, full of activity, full of adrenaline. It is a race against time. In pandemic rapid response, the idea is that you are going to be rolling your dice as quickly as you can in order to get the correct rolls to allocate them into these machines. Uh, your whole team is on board an airplane stocked with all sorts of different supply making machines and you're rolling dice to power and use the airplane and run the airplane all around the world dropping off needed supplies to combat pandemics all across the world or actually a pandemic all across the world if you manage to cure enough worlds enough cities you will win the game mm-hmm. that's basically the game that's the whole theme. i like the theme a lot it's very it's kind of cheesy but I like it, and I like how you're, you're a rapid response team, and it's a rapid response style of game. Albert is jumping around a little bit. Even though we do have a list of the actual order we do things, apparently Albert <laughs> wanted to talk about theme first. I'm happy to do so, Albert. It's okay. I, I, won't, I won't critique you. <laughs> of course, we, we wouldn't do that. No. You know, whatever. It's part of the summary. So, so we gave a summary of the game. And now we're talking about the theme. And the theme, yes. And so I like the theme of this game. That's pretty neat. You're you're flying in a little airplane around the world solving problems. And I think I, I'm I imagine it's a relatively big airplane because this, <laughs> well, yeah. this airplane is somehow able to have like six remote manufacturers that can just make energy and canned food out of nowhere. So I imagine this is a very futuristic airplane like when i think of this airplane have you ever seen agents of shield no i have not um so marvel's superhero verse they have one airplane that Mm -hmm. can essentially just stay in the air for days on end so that they have a mobile rapid response flight place that just can go anywhere Mm -hmm. across the world in minutes by just sort of hanging around in the air and this very much puts me in the idea of this is a little bit fantastical because you have an airplane that can just sort of create stuff out of nowhere, uh, a whole manufacturing plant, a recycling plant, and can fly around the world just instantly. So, <laughs> see, I never thought of it as instant. I assume it takes days and days, but whatever. I mean, it's still it's still kind of crazy. 
so kind of crazy you got this mobile lab flying around the world just out of the blue making all the things people need oh yeah you need water we got we'll make water for you yeah to me it's <laughs> to me i make it more fantastical in my mind i think maybe it's because the whole idea of the game is that you are trying to go fast and so because i'm going fast i assume that i want to feel like my characters are also having to go fast and having to make mm-hmm. light speed instant reactions and that you've got minutes to get something prepped and dropped and you don't even have time to land. You have to just push it out the parachute, hope it gets that place and get to the next place. And that we're, <laughs> we're trying to go like as close to the blazing speed of light as we can. So if it ends up being a little bit fantastical and pulled out of a comic book because of that, I don't really see that as being a problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's not because of the superhero, like white and purple uniforms. Who has a white and purple? <laughs> Everybody has uniform? the same white and purple outfit. <laughs> It's kind of weird. It's it's a sort of a tacky outfit. <laughs> but all the character cards, all the characters have, have a purple and white. Do they? They all have relatively yeah. distinct uniforms. Let's let's look at this. I've I haven't played all the characters, but all the ones I've seen, they're they're similar. I'm pulling I'm I'm pulling up the pictures. I think they look different and distinct, in my opinion. Honestly, who's got time to look when you're playing this game? You're going so quick. People like us. <laughs> yeah no they're all wearing pretty much the same outfit um it's a white shirt with a purple stripe going up the middle and over to the shoulders and all the characters have that the uh martina rivera the director now she has a vest with that pattern and then a long sleeve blue shirt underneath but yeah <laughs> anyway oh well really not all that my idea out of comic books yeah there you go <laughs> anyway so, uh where were we that's the that was the theme the summary <laughs> Yeah, so the the rules are pretty straightforward. I mean, there's not a whole lot to this game, right? You're you're rolling dice and, and taking a couple actions off it. So the the rule book is pretty simple, pretty straightforward. These guys have made a lot of rule books for the pandemic universe, and they're <laughs> all pretty consistent. And I think you know, at this point, it's it's hard to for them to not get it right. Honestly, they they do have a style of what it is that they're about. I think that there is a little bit of explanation that's necessary in order to be able to convey the game. And I think that we did have a little bit of a hangup about the timer mechanism. One of the mechanisms you have is that you have a timer that's going through and you have a set of purple tokens that are sitting on the side of the board and around the board and on the board. And as the timer goes through so you're, you're instructed to use a sand timer. When the timer runs out, you have to remove a time token from HQ and actually put it back in the box. Meanwhile, every time you get through a card, you actually get a, a cure completed. You get to take one of your time tokens from the supply and put it on the ship to extend the amount of time tokens you have. When we played the game, and for a while when we played the game, we were moving time tokens back to the supply every time we did that. And that's very much not how you're supposed to do it. It's supposed to be that you can run out. At one point in time, curing more cities will stop giving you more time. And I miss that. That That is something that makes the game a lot harder, and I miss that indication. I don't know if you did as well. I guess I did miss it, but I really haven't played the advanced games. In the earlier games, that's not an issue. You won't run out of tokens, right? Because like at the, the easy mode, there's only five cities and there's six tokens. Yeah, I suppose. 
so so not really concerned there. You know, in the normal mode, that becomes an issue because there's seven cities total. The veteran mode. There's, there's six tokens, right? Six extra. I'm thinking normal, not even veteran. Uh, and normal. There's a total, oh, there's a total of, seven of seven. Cities. Yes, there's a total of seven there's between two, them. Yes. And so there could become an issue, but not a big issue. So yeah, actually, I guess I have missed it the last time I played normal. I didn't even think about it. I just set them all to the side and kept it in the same pool, just like you're saying. Interesting. So. Yeah, that's not how you're supposed but it, to do. It, it, it fortunately, didn't make a difference. Yeah. Okay. So good point. Yeah, that's that's so that's one thing they should they should emphasize that make sure you separate it because otherwise you could potentially have because I never realized I never sat down into the math to think about the fact that you could you you stop being able to gain them. Um. Otherwise, I mean, th- there's not a whole lot to the game, right? You, you roll your dice, you get up to two re rolls. You could place dice dice on the board to take actions, or you could set dice aside to take actions. Mm-hmm. And that's basically your turn. There's a couple of things like once when the dice are in the board, you could remove them to then go ahead and produce goods if you have enough. And if you have enough, yes. And when you when you remove them, then you got to roll the dice again to see if it creates any waste. Mm-hmm. Um. That's I think that's it really that in terms of action. Agreed. Well, I mean, there's also the the more difficult version of the game with the crisis cards. Yes. Which and they, they add a little more challenge. Which, in my opinion, is a challenge that is well worth including in the game. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I do think that when they set it up, what they tend to do is they would shuffle the crisis cards and make those separate than the uh, city cards. What we would usually do is we would interleave crisis cards and city cards until the city cards run out. So that way we're always, we, we take one and go until we have a city card showing, things like that. Mm, okay. I never thought of doing that. Yeah. I've just made two little piles, one with the city cards and one with the uh, crisis cards. Now nah, we just put them all together. Oh, huh, that's a good idea. Otherwise we were forgetting it takes okay. crisis cards. Yeah. So, I mean, so that's the rules. There's a, not a whole lot to game. There's only two ways to lose the game, right? One is... If you run out of time, if you run out of time and you don't have any extra time tokens left to take out, then then the game is over. Mm-hmm. And you have lost. The other way you could lose is if you create too much waste, mm-hmm. and that could happen because each time you produce things, there's a potential to create waste, and it could build up pretty easily. But you are able to re- get rid of waste mm-hmm. by going to the the recycling room and taking actions there. So let's talk about the components for a moment. Okay. I like these components. They're really nice. Um, everything about them, you know, the, the cards are typical pandemic quality cards are pretty good. There's not a whole lot of them, which to me was surprising because I'm so used to pandemic having lots and lots of <laughs> yeah. cards. But in this case, you don't need them. You have the city cards and there's, there's less probably what, about 30 game. of them? There's 24 city cards because there's only 24 cities 24, in the game. Okay. It's not as big as a pandemic board because... <laughs> the cities are actually on the outside edge of the board and you'll run the plane all the way around it. So the plane doesn't have all the paths you see on a regular pandemic board. It can only go forward and backward in the loop around the planned city layout. Mm-hmm. Yep. So you're either going around clockwise or counterclockwise, but that's it for, in terms of the plane. Uh, and so, yes, yeah, so a components There's also a little plane, a little plastic plane, a little purple plastic plane to go with their purple theme. Yes. Everything is very, and you're gonna have that going around the board from city to city. 
Um, what else you got? So components, you got so, about five or six roll cards. I'm not sure how many. There are seven roll cards, and each one of them seven, provides okay. a different sort of benefit that that character can do, similar to many other pandemic games. I think probably mm-hmm. one of the main parts that's the nice part about the game is the dice. These are nice plastic dice and with heat-printed icons on it. So the icons feel very durable, very clean and clear. So they're all custom dice. Um, and it's very easy to use them because those icons are very clear. And even being able to tell once you understand the circle behind them is showing that a waste was created, it's, again, very easy to quickly tell what's created waste and what's not. All that is very important mm-hmm. in a real-time game where you want to quickly be able to tell what icon is showing on a die and keep sp- and keep rolling it very fast yep and they're, they're not only are they printed they're printed in different colors for each symbol mm-hmm. right the uh, the water symbol is always blue on every mm-hmm. die the airplane symbol is always purple on every die and so on they did use some interesting colors i thought for this one the marbling that they put for the player pawns and the dice looks very pretty it does it was Somewhat unexpected because I'm used to many of the other games where it's a solid color. But for this one, they picked this marbling effect for both the plastic on the dice and the plastic on the player pawns. An interesting design choice. Mm -hmm. I'm impartial to whether or not I'd like it. I do wish the pawns, I had to file down the bottom of one of my pawns a bit just to get rid of some of the plastic flashing from the production process. Oh. But not a big deal. Yeah, that's easy enough to do. I I didn't have any problems like that. I like the components a lot. I love the pawns. They look really nice. They're like a pearlescent color. Like like nice chess X dice that you might go and buy at the game the store. The components I did have an issue with, though. You mentioned the plane. Um, there's a small plastic plane with that small stand that goes around the board. This is a very light plastic plane. And with us, I found it very easy to quickly knock that around the board by accident when you're moving oh, dice yeah. around. I wish it were more of a thicker plastic, comp- similar to how the player pawns feel. Um, and it's not. It's extremely mm-hmm. light. Also, for me, just with my size fingers, I suppose, there's the joint between where the wings meet that when I was reaching for the, the plane, I would constantly sort of get my finger locked in the plane so that I would have to essentially shake it off. It, it was it made it more difficult for me to be able to use one hand to move the plane around the board. I had to learn how to make sure to pick it up that I didn't get my hand caught in that joint. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that sounds uncomfortable and kind of funny. Yeah, my plane is always all over the place, upside down. It's, it's the pilot's really yeah bad. i wish it were I, I just wish that were a more dur- durable component and then the mm-hmm. last thing that was just very bland the nine purple tokens for the time tokens just plain wood discs <laughs> really yeah minor plastic interesting my yeah minor definitely plastic same as the uh a uh, uh, flat plastic color not pearlescent like the pawns and stuff same materials the cubes the cubes and the discs are all plastic and the recycled. Oh, they are. I apologize. You're, you're commenting about them being plastic versus wood. You're right. I apologize. They are plastic, but they're just plain discs is more what I was focusing on. Ah, okay. They're, they're just gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. They are they're just plain. plain. They're just plastic. They're just plain discs. No icons on it. No tokens, no special cutout designs. They're very plain. And with everything else looking as nice as it does, I was expecting a little more out of that. <laughs> it's the Team Rapid Response purple. Yes. 
very much this is a purple colored team everything here is purple so yeah so there you go i mean that's the rundown of the components there's not a whole lot to the game there is one more component that i really wish were here oh the timer a timer it uses a sand timer it's a two minute sand timer many of the other games in fact i can't think of another game which doesn't all the other games that have time-based games have an app that is an optional component to use with the game. You can use the timer mm-hmm. or you can use the app. Z-Man has not created an app. I think this is a huge oversight for the game because I think the game would yeah, be big greatly fail. assisted if it had an app, mm-hmm. if that app could use a nice soundtrack, and if that app could track time tokens and cities saved. It so mm-hmm. could use an app, and they didn't make one. I haven't even seen anyone from the community make one. Usually, someone. Yeah, I'm kind of surprised. I expected to find one. I went looking for one because, yeah, the the sand timer is adequate, but but an app would be so much more. We handy. use there's a soundtrack that's available on BGG that a fellow gentleman has made there. I prefer using the soundtrack instead of the sand timer. It's a two-minute soundtrack, has nice heroic music, has an excellent crescendo at the end. So we use the sound we use that timer, the the as a sound timer when we're playing the game. We feel that gives a lot of extra oomph when you're playing the game. But it's just a timer. We open it up. It, sorry, it's just a soundtrack. We open it up on a music player on our phones and run with that. So it doesn't have a count it doesn't have any visual countdown. It doesn't have any of the other tracking stuff. I wish it did. Mm-hmm. But that would be better because because one of my gripes of the game is that sand timer. It's too easy to forget about mm-hmm. it. I don't know how many times I've been playing. And I look at it. Oh, it's out of sand, and I have no idea if it's been out of sand for like half a second or two minutes. Yeah, this was a component that is so needed, and it shocks me mm-hmm. that they didn't learn from every other real time game. I've got a fair amount of real time games <laughs> on my shelf at this point in time because, especially being solo, they're a lot of fun. You do like them. They're a lot of fun. I like picking them up on a weekday evening because they're fast to play, they're fast to set up, and they're great adrenaline burst. And this is a great example of a great adrenaline burst. And I I like them. And this one is a shame because it doesn't have that app. It needed it. It really needed it, and it doesn't have it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you there. I was looking for something like that. I'm glad you told me about this this soundtrack because I will start using it. I'll make sure to add a link into the show notes. All right. So gameplay, I mean, we've kind of covered it sort of, the how it works. Right? But basically, you're you're rolling the dice. You know, you, you have a pawn, and there's five or six different rooms in the on the plane, like maybe seven. And each room has a different use. Five of the rooms are used to create cargo, the stuff you need to deliver to the cities. And... Who pings me? Oh, that was me putting this. Oh, there you go. Yes. (laughs) Distracting me. Sorry. So, yeah. So five five of the rooms are the rooms where you build the cargo that you're delivering to the city. One room is recycling and one room is the... Deliveries. The cargo bay. Yeah, where all the deliveries are kept and where you have to be at to deliver the stuff in the city. So during the game, you're running back and forth from the rooms. You're going to the rooms to roll dice, to leave them in those... uh, manufacturing rooms so you can manufacture your goods and then you're going running to the back of the plane to to get rid of the waste when you're rolling too much waste and then to also deliver at the very 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 back of the plane and the whole gameplay is basically doing that while you have your two-minute timer um 
you, you're gonna you know you can only play while the timer is going the, the rules say when when the timer runs out you stop the game nobody's allowed to discuss the strategy or anything about the game during this point you're gonna add another city to the board you now have one more destination to visit the total number of cities you're gonna visit depends on the difficulty um so eventually you don't you stop adding more but you're gonna add one more city to deliver to you're gonna remove one of those little purple discs off and f- if you're playing with the crisis cards, you're going to flip over a crisis card and find out what bad thing's going to happen. Some of them are immediate, where you do it immediately, say, move, it says, oh, move the airplane six spaces in, away from the closest city. Or it might tell you to remove all the dice off the board. So if you're working on building goods, you have to start that over. Um, other the, the crisis effects are long-term, where they may last throughout the length of the next timer. Um or some get placed on cities for extra stuff you have to deliver. So anyway, so you, you do that, and when you're ready to start the game again, you flip your sand timer over and go! Everybody starts again. The The players are working in order. You, you're, it's not a simultaneous sort of thing. We're taking turns. So I'm rolling my dice, do my stuff when I finish. Okay, Julius, your turn. And then you know, Julius goes into Which I think stuff. actually so really that's helps. Basically how when the you're playing multiplayer, works. that's actually an element that's important because that means that you're not yes. always having to think about what you're doing. You do have an opportunity to sort of stand back, strategize, and convey <sighs> your strategies to everyone else. <laughs> when you're playing just two players, when you're playing free. two players, which is how my wife and I like to play it, when you're playing two players, that means that you have to really trust the other person you're playing with because if they're saying strategy is you got to go do this, you better go do that. You need to trust them because sometimes you don't have the ability to think through all the strategies while you're actively taking your turn. That's right. And when you're playing solo, you're doing everything on your own, which is just stressful. When you get two people or more, you could always have whoever just finished your turn is not going to look at the sand timer and make sure we're still good on time or we're about to run out of time. So, so you have a sense of what's going on. When you're doing it solo... You get into it, you totally forget. <laughs> I do. Well, that is, again, I the advantage totally of using an actual audio yeah. uh, note about what's going on and when you need to stop because you'll be mm-hmm. able to tell that sort of thing. I, have to try that. I do think that when you're playing solo, I, usually when I'm playing multiplayer, the in-between phases is much faster where we just essentially flip it, deal a new card, read over where we're going, and move on with things. When I'm playing solo, I do take more of an opportunity to take a second and be like, Okay, ready, set, go. <laughs> and and take a moment to collect myself a bit more. Uh, main reason is because when you're playing solo, you, you really can't do this all by yourself. The game is not designed where you can just control one player. You must alternate between two players at least when you're playing solo. Theoretically, when you're playing multiplayer, you can alternate between two players if you're playing two players controlling two or something like that. But you have to alternate between two mm. when you're doing it which puts a lot lot yeah. of stress on your brain. <laughs> it really does. You're, you're constantly shifting in this game when you're, when you're playing solo, mm-hmm. especially. Now, when th- I don't think we mentioned it. Each city card has a specific requirement of what it needs, You know what, what the crisis is in that city. Um, it, it'll generally be a combination of the five different good icons. And sometimes it's four different ones. Sometimes it'll be like, two and two or three and one it, it just depends i think there's at least one city that has all five as a requirement one of each but generally speaking it's four so yeah as so as you're as you're playing the game and you know what city you're heading to next you know what you need so you've got time to prepare the goods for that city and look ahead and see what city you think you might go to after that and start getting the right goods 
So there is some strategy about which goods you're building and when you're building them, that sort of thing. How many? Because there's also a limited number of cubes. There's four of each color of each type of good. And you you will need more than four eventually by the time you're done with the game, just because one city needs three, the next one needs two, then then right there's five. So so you have to keep rebuilding stuff, and you, there's a limit to how much cargo the plane can hold. So if you fill up too much anyway, you're going to have to just discard cargo and put it back into the ready-to-build queue. Pitch it out the back of the plane. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that really, that's what you're doing, ditching it. Hopefully it doesn't land in somebody's <laughs> house. <laughs> so, I mean, that's I think that's the gameplay. We've done a good job of it. Um, the overview of the game... So... I I got mixed feelings about the game. I know you like it a lot, Julius. I have more mixed feelings. I find the time games a little stressful and not as fun because of the stress. Is that something true of all time games or this time game specifically? I have not played as many as you have. I have experience with this one and I have experience with Escape. And that's the only two I can think of <laughs> offhand. Um, I enjoy Escape. I don't have a problem with that one. I think the issue here... When I play Escape, it's one. I'm just playing one character. Here, I'm trying to control two, and it's a little bit overwhelming, and that does make it understandable. Harder. And I didn't enjoy that so much. I wanted to be able to. I, I enjoyed the two-player game because I was able to sit back and look at what my son was doing while we're playing and whatnot. And I really like the idea of running back and forth across the plane and flying around to the different cities. It is really cool theme, and I think it's really well implemented. I wish it wasn't time. I wish it was something you could do more slowly and, and well, save. Well, you can't just set a timer Which to be a bit longer. Oh, <laughs> well, that's true. But then that just makes it easier. So then I have to play a harder difficulty. And so, so then wait, you want you want it to be longer, but you want it to be harder? <laughs> uh, that makes messages here, Albert. I don't want it to be longer. No, no. I want it to not be a timed game. I want it to be more of a slow, thinky game, more of a brain brain kind of thing. I think kind I would like enjoy pandemic. that. I don't, I don't think you could. Yes. Kind of like. Or maybe I should just play maybe. pandemic. You think? Hmm. <laughs> maybe. So yeah, so that I, that's what I found. I, I mean, it is a good game and it is fun, definitely. But I I personally found it stressful solo. You've played a lot more, and it might be that you've gotten used to it. Well, I can I definitely think. come from an aspect of comparing it with the other real time games that are on my shelf because I do have an, uh, unfortunately a growing number of them. Um, and I say unfortunately because, as I mentioned many times, they're not Shabbos friendly. You can't easily play timed games on Shabbos unless you just are able to ignore the timed elements. For example, Mechs versus Minions, we're playing on Shabbos, we ignore the timed elements and just play it more chilled. We don't let people take too long to pick their cards. We just play more chilled. Could, could, could you do something like have somebody sing a song? As if a you're timer? using it with the purpose of just keeping track of time, of measuring, then... You can't really. Wow. So the, okay. the the idea is you're not allowed to do measuring. Okay. So, so yeah. So that then that would be cheating indeed. for sure. Um. So because of because I have essentially more experience with the genre, I think I have the ability to compare it to another of a couple of other ones. What I think is interesting in this game that you really don't see in any other game is that there is never a moment where you are calm. In Escape <laughs> is another example because Escape gives you at least one moment where you're calm. Not very many, but there is a moment where you can be calm in Escape. 
when the gong hits, mm-hmm. you have one cooldown in the 10 minute period. This game is a 20 minute game, which the whole time, especially when you're on solo, you are having that race against time because fuse flat line proving grounds um kitchen rush all these things have a timed period and an untimed period so that you aren't constantly having an adrenaline rush you aren't constantly being pushed to do time with this game i think because it is not all simultaneous each of those other games i just mentioned with the exception of proving ground which is one player only each of those other games have a simultaneous time phased and then a simultaneous untimed phase. That means that everyone is on the rush and that everyone is calmed. With this one, when you're playing multiplayer, you're at least a little bit calmer when everyone else is taking their turn. More so, especially when you're in a four-player game, when you have three turns to go until it's your turn. That means that you have a rush and then you have a calm. So playing at multiplayer is more similar to those, and it doesn't make you quite as exhausted to play the game. When you're playing it solo, especially Mm -hmm. if you're being very strict with also going as fast as you can when the timer runs out to flip a card and immediately get back into it, it's a, I will grant, it is a tiring game. It is the most hectic game in its genre when you're playing it solo because you don't have anyone else to balance the load with, you are always having to go. There's no untimed period when you're playing solo. Having said that, I think that the game is a lot of fun. As Albert mentioned, I think that the idea that it's, again, Agents of Shields, it's lifted out of comics, the idea of the super plane. And I think that is a fun theme. I think having to use those dice well, having to keep rolling as fast as you can and have it coordinate with other players when you're playing multiplayer, all those things are a lot of fun. Having it be a simplified, adrenaline-filled version of Pandemic to me is a lot of fun. I do enjoy it. One of the reasons why I enjoy it and one of the reasons why I continue to play with it, though, is, I'll tell you the honest truth, because it's exhausting. I will enjoy pulling this out (laughs) as a game in the evenings, when I'm feeling, you know, I'm feeling like I want to have a, a cool down. This will be something that will get your adrenaline rushing and then it will wear you out and then you're ready for bed. <laughs> and that's kind of what it feels like. Mm-hmm. And it feels like a great little high to the day, <laughs> but then you feel like at the end of it, you feel like you're, you're, you're done and you're tired. And to me, you know, that's a really nice yeah. feeling sort of to get out of a game. And I enjoy getting that feeling out of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not a game you could play repeatedly. I f- I played two games with my son over the weekend, one right after the other, and he was like, let's play again. I can do it again when I'm playing it with more people. We had a group over before coronavirus happened um, where we had four adults. Like Playing with kids is a little bit more difficult. Um, but we had four adults, mm-hmm. um, and we played it, I think, three times with four adults. And that's okay. That's not nearly as bad because, again, then you there is that calm down period because it's not all simultaneous. Mm-hmm. Exactly. It's a lot more downtime, yeah. Yeah. I found I had a fair amount of downtime with my son because he was going slow. He would take his time and think about each thing, <laughs> which is which is so frustrating because it's like, oh, yeah. my God, we got to hurry. We don't have time to go slow. But, you know, it's, yeah, that's also a problem with kids. And we managed to win. Yeah. 
we managed to win because I was rushing and then, you know, yeah. we balanced out. I find it's also an issue with kids that they'll spread <laughs> their off. dice all over the place or waste dice running back and forth over the plane for like no reason. So it mm-hmm. takes a little mm-hmm. bit more railroading to be able to play with kids. But I'd say that's probably true of any time I play with kids. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's fine. <laughs> it's just exhausting. It's an exhausting game. Um, any, Which for me is a plus and for you is a negative, you old man. Yeah. You know, honestly, I do wonder if age has something to do with it. Because I have found that as I get older, I need to focus more <laughs> on things. Um, and I think that's a general thing for people. You know, you you got it takes a little longer just to absorb stuff. So... So a timed rushing game is just kind of harder and overwhelming. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe I'm talking nonsense. But I think you're I do doing fine, Albert. We'll be doing this podcast for many more years to come. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I'm only middle-aged. As far as I'm concerned, i got another 50 <laughs> years to go. So, Having said that, Albert, we'll see you next time. All righty. Have a good night, all. Bye, everyone. Thanks for listening. We love feedback, so we love hearing from you. You can reach me at Julius at OnePlayerPodcast.com or JLBird on BGG. And Albert can be reached at Albert at OnePlayerPodcast.com or Fractaloon on BGG. Our website is OnePlayerPodcast.com with the number one, and we're also on Twitter at OnePlayerPodcast. The intro music is copyright Angus, can be found at Gemendo.com. The transition music is copyright by Dan Elduce Pancaldi, whose page is at DanPancaldi.com. The One Player Podcast is protected under a Creative Commons share-alike license. Thanks for listening.